Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Let's take our Bible, go to the book of Galatians with me tonight. Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6, and I'll give you a little thought out of here tonight. Galatians chapter number 6, and uh, I'll be time conscious tonight. I know it's messy outside, uh, but I want to give you a little thought out of here. Galatians chapter number 6 tonight, and... uh, I love that song, amen. There simply ain't nothing better than Jesus tonight, amen. And uh, thank the Lord for that. Galatians chapter number 6, and uh, I love the Word of God. How about you, amen. And uh, thank God for my Bible tonight, and I'm glad that I'm I'm able to read it, and I'm able to study it, and uh, I may not comprehend every bit of it, but I'm glad that I can listen to other preachers, and I can read after other men and and get... uh, uh, an understanding of the Word of God. Amen. You said, Preacher, I don't understand it all. You know what the Bible said? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God uh, who give it to all men freely. You know, there's sometimes I get the passages uh, and uh, I can't truly understand it and that's exactly what I'll do. Uh, I'll claim that verse as I'm praying and I'll say, God, you said if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who give it to all men freely. And I'll say, God, will you help me uh, understand this? You know what? Every time, Brother John, He's helped me to understand it. Amen. I thank the Lord for it. If you found your place, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. Galatians chapter number 6. Look in verse number 7 tonight. Galatians chapter number 6, verse number 7 says this. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Father, help us tonight. I pray, God, that you'd use us as we preach. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to primarily look at a little thought out of verse number 9 here in just a minute. Well, the Bible says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And uh, I want to look at that on the dedication for due season. You say, Preacher, what is due season tonight? And that's been our theme this year um, for the church, a year of due season. Uh, Simply due season is uh, reaping what we have put in the ground. That's what it is. Um, If you look at the context of the Scripture uh, and what the Bible is saying, he is dealing uh, uh, with what we would call the law of harvest uh, in the Word of God. It's a very simple thing. It's a very practical thing. Matter of fact, uh, um, it's something that happens uh, on a daily basis. Matter of fact, it's that time of the year where people will begin uh, uh, to plant. 
in a garden and they'll begin to put that in the ground and you know what they're doing they're planting that garden and believing and trusting that one day what they put in the ground is going to come back up I was thinking about this you know here in just a few weeks all of the grading is going to be done out front and we'll begin sowing that grass out there and probably what we'll end up doing out there hopefully we'll probably end up drilling all of that out there and um, trying to get it up quick and getting it looking good out there. But the reason we're going to drill that or the reason we're going to sow that is because uh, we are intending and believing uh, that grass is going to come up there. And really verse 6, 7, 8, and 9 and 10 uh, is dealing with that tonight. It's dealing with the law of harvest. He says this, uh, don't be deceived. Uh, God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. In other words, uh, uh, God knows what we put in the ground is going to come up one day. It goes on to tell us if we sow to the flesh, uh, we're of the flesh reap corruption. But we sow to the Spirit, we're of the Spirit reap life everlasting. In other words, he's saying this, if you put your wild oats in the ground, guess what's going to happen? They're going to come back up one day. A lot of times our young people say this, I just want to go sow my wild oats. You can go sow them, but they're going to come up one day. You're going to reap. Somebody give me a witness right there. You're going to reap what you put in the ground. Now, I would say this to you. For the past 15 or 16 years, uh, we've tried our best uh, to put the right seeds in the ground. Amen. We've tried our best here at Amazing Grace uh, to sow the right things. We've tried to sow to the Spirit, and out of that we have reaped uh, watching people be saved uh, by the grace of God. Not just in our church, but as we've read tonight, all throughout the world is a ministry of our church. Uh, we have saw a, a season uh, of reaping tonight. And here's what the Bible said, let us not be weary uh, in well-doing, for in due season uh, we shall reap if we think not. I want to talk to you about the dedication uh, for due season tonight. The dedication uh, for due season tonight. If we are going to experience due season, we must be dedicated tonight. We must be dedicated tonight. I thought about my dad. I'll give you this illustration. I'll give you three points, a poem, and we'll go home. I, I don't have a poem. We might make one up. I've, I've, I've made up a song a while ago about Miss Stephanie, and maybe I need to sing it. But anyway, she would rather I not. But anyway, I, I, I thought about my dad. My dad loves to have a beautiful yard. That's just one thing he's always enjoyed having. And back several years ago, he was living in the parsonage there at Northwood um, as he was pastoring there, and he knew that um, God was beginning to, uh, to work in his heart some other things. So he and Mom built a new house in Boonville. They built a beautiful place there in Boonville, and uh, Dad began sowing his yard. And man, I'm telling you now for years, for three or four years, my dad has worked on that yard there in Boonville over and over and over and over again. Brother Robert, he has sowed that yard and drilled that yard and sowed that yard and drilled that yard. And a matter of fact, I was talking to Mama the other day and I said, what's Daddy doing? She said, he's out there sowing some places in the yard. You know, let me tell you what Daddy's thinking. He's thinking that one day, us maybe 
yard's going to be pretty and green like it used to be where he used to live. But the only way he's ever going to see that is dedication. He's going to have to continually work on that yard. Here's one thing that I found out. If you're going to have a pretty yard, you have to put hard work in it. Man, you've got to get the weeds out of it. You've got to put seed on it every year. You've got to work in that. It takes dedication to do it. I want to say something to you tonight, church. If we're really going to live in a year of due season, it's going to take dedication. It's going to take dedication. Now, let me show you three things tonight right here out of this verse. Number one, I want you to note with me the patience and the dedication. The patience, amen. The patience, I haven't figured nobody would say amen on patience. The patience and the dedication. He said, let us not be weary in well-doing. The law of harvest encourages patience in well-doing. Let us not be Weary. Probably one of the prettiest yards that you'll see anywhere in the Surrey County area is on Beulah Church Road at Brother Ted's house. His yard, I'm telling you, it's, it's like carpet, man. It is beautiful. But I bet if we was to talk to Brother Ted and Miss Susan tonight, matter of fact, the last time I was over there, Miss Susan was working in it mowing. Uh, but anyway, Brother Ted couldn't. It's when he was having neck surgery. But I bet if we was to talk to them, they would say this, that just didn't come overnight. That just didn't come overnight. Matter of fact, if you'll go through this spring up through there much, you know what you'll see? You'll see them out there in their yard working, man. Every, every, every bush is trimmed exactly the same. I don't know how they do it. I, it's beautiful. But I bet they'll tell you this, it takes patience to do that. If we're going to truly live in a year of due season, we're going to have to be patient. Let us not be weary. He is saying to us tonight that there must be patience. I read a couple things and let me read it to you. Nobody who plants something in the garden expects to reap a harvest a week later. One of the fundamental laws of sowing and reaping is patience. It takes time for the seed to germinate, to put out its first little roots and its first green shoot. Then it takes more time for the plant to develop and grow. Then it has to flower, and then the fruit has to form. It takes a whole growing season for annuals. It takes years for trees. The one requirement imposed impartially on everyone is patience when it comes to reaping something. Our problem today is this. We live in a right now society. We live in a right now society. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Go on Amazon tonight and order something and it'll be at your house tomorrow. Are you with me? It's a click of a button. We can go on this or we can go on that. Matter of fact, we can order something from completely across the world and the next day it's on our doorstep. We live in a right now society. I could leave after church tonight if I had a ticket. I could go to Charlotte. I could get on an airplane. And by the tomorrow evening at this brother time, uh, I could be in a completely different part of the world. We live in a right now society. But I want you to understand something. And I want you to understand something. Well, God refuses to be hurried. We have to learn that things have to happen on God's time. I'm the world's worst with patience. Don't nobody say amen. I'm the world's worst 
on patience. I want it now. I want it done right now. Are you hearing me to preach tonight? I want the building done yesterday. You say, why? Because I just do. I I ain't going to lie. I'm tired of working in it. I want the building done yesterday. Whenever I came to the church 16 years ago, I wanted to see us build. But you know what it took? It took 16 years to get to where we're at. I I eat with a a pastor this week, and we was talking, and he, he... this church just a few years, and he was talking about the finances. He was talking about the budget. He was talking about this. He was talking about that. And, and I showed him our budget, the way our budget works and everything. And here's what I told him. I said, man, I pastored our church for 12 years until we had a complete line item budget. Everything broke out. Things don't happen overnight. And if we're going to see God save our loved ones, We're going to have to be patient. I think about Brother Tim so many times. How many years was it, Brother Tim? 24 years that he prayed for his sister to get saved. 24 years. Let me tell you something. He remained patient. And you know what he done? He did not get weary in well-doing. And the day of due season came in his life. I see the patience in the dedication. I thought about this. God always takes his time. We cannot speed up the rotation of the earth upon its axis or hurry, to, uh, or hurry the planet on its journey around the sun. We cannot shorten a day or alter the mathematical, mathematical alteration of a day and a night. We can shorten our work week, but we can't shorten, or shorten a real week. Are you with me tonight? It takes patience. Number one, if we're going to see If we're going to see due season, there's the patience in our dedication. But watch this number two. I see the promise for the dedication. Not only the patience in the dedication, but look at the promise for the dedication. What did he say? Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap. For in due season we shall reap. The law of harvest says that you will reap today. Amen. It's the law of harvest tonight. If you sow in the ground, you will reap. And hear me and hear me well. You give out gospel tracts. You knock on doors. You support world missions. You love on preachers and love on sinners. And I promise you God will bless the church. It's a promise For the dedication, it's a promise for it. I thought about this one may question that after working hard for a long time without results, but God's work promises results. He promises it in His time. In His time. I I thought about this. Let me read you a verse right here. I don't have it marked if you want to turn with me. The book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3 says this. To everything there is a season... And a time to every purpose under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. 
You know what the Bible's saying to us now? Time is what life is made up of. And if we will remain dedicated to Christ, the promise is this, the time of due season will come in our life. You remember the story, and I'll give this to you and give you the last point and we'll go home. I told you I was going to watch the time tonight. You remember the story in the Bible of a man by the name of Mephibosheth. I love the story of Mephibosheth. And man, it's just an awesome story about the grace of God. But do you remember the story how Jonathan and David had made a covenant with each other? And no doubt Jonathan had probably told Mephibosheth of the grace that David would show to him one day. But because of who Mephibosheth was and who Jonathan was, David could really kill Mephibosheth if he chose to do that. And can you think about this? Mephibosheth has been sitting in Lodabar, um, um, a place that, um, if we want to look at it this way, uh, a place of the world, a place of barrenness. Uh, uh, Mephibosheth had been sitting there, and he probably wondered in the backside of his mind, you know what? Uh, my dad said that the king would show me kindness uh, for his sake one day. And all of a sudden, the king's chariots roll up, and the servant gets off, walks to the door, and Mephibosheth is sitting there, he's not standing there uh, because he's in a wheelchair, he's crippled by a fall, uh, he's a mess, uh, and the king's servant says, the king wants you to come to his house and sit at his table and eat his bread with him, and David brings Mephibosheth to his house, to the palace, and takes care of it. I bet there was times in Mephibosheth's life that he wondered if David's servants would ever come. But due season came to Mephibosheth. And I want you to hear me tonight. If you serve God, if you live for the Lord, it don't mean, hear me, it don't mean that everything's always going to be great. It don't mean that you're going to stand around in a circle every day of your life and sing Kumbaya. I promise you there'll be heartaches, there'll be troubles, there'll be times that you wonder where God's at, but I also promise you this, that standing somewhere in the shadows you'll find Jesus and you remain faithful to Him. He will remain faithful to you and I promise you based on the authority of His Word, due season will come in your life. I see this. I see the patience of it. I see the promise of it. But then this in closing. I see the persistency in the dedication. The patience in the dedication. The promise for the dedication. But note this. The persistency in the dedication. The word persistency means this. Persisting especially in spite of opposition, obstacles, discouragement, etc. Can I say that again? Persisting especially in spite of opposition, obstacles, discouragement, etc. The persistency and the dedication, if we faint not. If we faint not. In other words, the word faint means this, to become feeble, to decline or fail in strength and vigor, to be weak. In my flesh, I am weak. Somebody give me an amen. Because in your flesh, you're weak too. That's when we must turn to the power of Christ. 
I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I live through Christ. Christ lives through me. The persistency in this dedication is this. We must stay with it. The Bible said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I know what he says in verse 58, if you'll start playing softly, Miss Tanya. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What he says, he said, be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Back a, um, a few weeks ago, we was uh, getting ready to sow this out here and we had finished the drain pipes up and everything. And there was a T-post in the ground right in front of the building. I, some of y'all probably remember seeing it out there. There was a T-post in the ground. And um, right when we laid the building off, that was actually... Uh, the refer reference point that everybody came back to that was the what, what was known as the benchmark is what it was known as that everybody came back to. I drove that, that T-post in the ground back when we very first started. A guy by the name of Stan was doing all the surveying. And that T-post was in the ground. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It was probably in the ground three or four foot. It was a big T-post. I don't think I'd ever get it drove in the ground. I got it drove in the ground. And we started to, to pull it up because everything, that pad's poured now. And even though we've got to pour more cement, there's the benchmark of that building now that we can shoot off of. So I walked over there and I grabbed that T-post, Brother Brian. And I went like that. Well, it didn't go nowhere. So I began to shake it, Brother Tim. And I rocked it back and forth and moved it around I grabbed a hold of it and I went to pull it out. Brother Granville was sitting on a track co laughing at me. He said, watch out. And he spun that track co around, took that graffle on the front of it, and grabbed a hold of it and just pulled it up and throwed it over out of the way. I thought about this. The way that that T-post planted in the ground is the way that you and I ought to be in the service of God. I wasn't going to get it up. Man, I could have stood out there, my human self, I'd have never got, I guess I could have went and got a shovel or, or a post hole digger and dug down beside of it, but it was planted in the ground. It was steadfast, unmovable. It was abounding there. And I want you to hear me tonight. If we're going to reap, if we're going to have a harvest in the service of God, we've got to make up our mind tonight. You know what? It don't matter what everybody else says. It don't matter if everybody else quits going to church if everybody else goes another way if my wife quits if my husband quits if my children rebel by the grace of God I'm making a point tonight I'm driving down a stake and with the help of God let come what may I'm serving God I'm dedicating to him there, there is a persistence in it there's a persistence in it I, I've got this written down in the flyleaf of about all of my Bibles at this verse. Many of you know Galatians 6, 9 is my life's verse. I got this 
written down in this one and many others. I, 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 I was thankful. I, I preached out of this Bible for years, and I ended up selling it, and thankfully I was able to get it back just a few weeks ago. And um, it was my favorite Bible. I don't know what possessed me to get rid of it at one time, but I did. But it cost me, but I got it back. I can't buy nothing else for six months, but I got it back. I had one other like it before. Brother Roberts got it. I give it to him a while back. And uh, he's carrying it tonight. But anyway, they don't make them no more. But anyway, I got this written down. Many people quit just before due season. Many people quit just before before do season.